and uh, we've got a good show for you this morning. I got to tell you, uh, a lot of weird news and uh, stuff to talk about and think about. I'm Dan Benjamin. You can find me right here every morning, 11 Eastern Time, 10 Central, uh, doing the show, doing the show for you, because that's what we do here. You can follow me pretty much everywhere at Dan Benjamin. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, YouTube, Periscope, all of those. I don't really, you know, I've heard some more things about what's going on with Periscope. And um, and apparently uh, it, it is it is just merging into this YouTube media thing, which one of y'all, one of my amazing listeners out there uh, got me into. So I'm going to be able to still do this. It's not going to be called Periscope. What is this? I'm getting out of there. Uh, it's not going to be called Periscope anymore. It's going to be called, you know, uh, I don't know, Twitter media streaming, whatever. So that's it. Also, I, someone reminded me, they saw this, uh, <laughs> they saw this sitting, uh, in, uh, against the wall back here. I guess it was sort of like in the shot the other day and there people were asking what this is. This is a scabbard to a sword that I got a while ago. Uh, the sword is hanging in the, the main office area back there, and you can see on the end of this, I have some uh, aluminum aluminum foil taped onto the end of a pencil. This is a black fun size pencil. Thanks, uh, Anthony and Natalie, for that. And uh, and then I have some gaffer tape here, taping the pencil onto the end. And so this is how I focus the. Ca- <laughs> this is how I focus the camera. Um, I, I, I take it and I, I slide it over here. I put now what you can't see is right here. You hear that? There's a monitor there. This is the one I read the news and other things off of. So I, I balance it on top of the monitor and I slide it forward like this and I tap the touch screen. <laughs> I tap the touch screen of the camera to put me in focus. And then because I have autofocus turned off, it keeps me in focus the whole time. You would think that I'd be able to do this just once and it would just stay in focus. But this camera, which is a Panasonic Lumix GH4, does not keep focus in between resets. So I turn it off after I'm done recording video for the day and uh, and then it loses its focus. I don't have to change the zoom, but there now on a Canon lens, you can switch to manual focus and you you focus that thing in and it stays there forever. I'm in the same spot every day exactly the same. But I can't I can't do anything about that because uh, every time you turn this off it goes out of focus. So this is my system. The other way to do it and what I was doing all of this time until the last couple of weeks is I have this old iPad sitting over here. And what I would have to do is I would have to make that iPad join. I would have to go to the back of the camera, turn it on, put it into its Wi-Fi mode, which is like seven different taps and stuff. And then I would have to go to the iPad. I would have to have it join that new Wi-Fi um, network that the camera created. I would have to launch the horrible Panasonic app. Oh, I have to quit the app first and then relaunch it once it was on the Wi-Fi. Then go into it and sit here and wait wait for it to get on the network, wait for it to recognize the camera, and then hit manual camera operation. And once that was done, then go into the actual viewing the camera and then tap on the little focus box to make it focus in. So now I don't have to do all of that anymore. I just use the scabbard. So 
Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maggie. Hi, Elwin. Hi, Brianne. Hi, Ben. How are y'all doing? Uh, Elwin's asking if I'm going to uh, do a video about the streaming setup. Yes, I will. If enough of you, remember to like and subscribe and especially ring the little bell. I'm trying to encourage y'all to move over to YouTube because right now, as I look at these numbers, uh, I get, listen to this, the YouTube videos on YouTube as of today, January 12, 2021, I get about 300 views on YouTube. That's not bad, but it's not great. I get 3,000 views on Periscope. There will be a, thousands of people who will eventually watch, not on every show, but on some shows, thousands of views on Periscope. Come on over to YouTube, guys. Let me show you that again. That's right. It's, it's, uh, it's YouTube.com slash Dan Benjamin. Pretty easy to remember. And also, while you're around, you want to support the show on Patreon, I would love your support. Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Thanks to everybody for supporting me. All right, let's get on to the news. A man has been arrested in, I think, Brianne, didn't you send me this one? Uh, man arrested in Capitol Riot refuses to eat non-organic jail food. Mm-hmm. So our our uh, least fa- one of our least favorite people right now, the man with the uh, bare skin, headdress, and all of that stuff, uh, Jacob Chansley. Uh, he's 33. He's also known as Jake Angeli. Angeli? He was photographed at the riot. He was standing up there doing all this stuff. Well, uh, they're calling him a QAnon supporter now. They're also calling him a YouTuber. So I've got to compete with his channel now. Uh, but he was one of the people during the insurrection. Uh, here's another picture of him. And uh, he uh, basically, now organic was trending on Twitter as people were reacting to the news. Do you see this cable here? It, it keeps coming back, and I don't like that. Gonna have to, I'm going to have to do something different. Sorry for those for the six or seven of you who are listening uh, on just the podcast. Uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and uh, that's okay. So anyway, uh, he's now refusing to eat. He's starving himself because he will only eat like organic food and stuff. So <laughs> um, I wanted to give you guys some updates on all the stuff that's happening with, uh, with, with Trump right now here in the U.S. The House is going to vote on the resolution calling to remove Trump from office by the 25th Amendment. I can save you some time here, folks. Um, No, this is not going to go through. This is not going to happen. There is uh, absolutely no chance of this because it would be up for Pence to take over and assume the powers of the president for the duration of the time. That's just not going to happen. It's one thing for Pence to say... uh, no, I'm not going to support, uh, you know, the, the, what Trump was asking him to do with the electoral votes. It's one thing for him to say no to that, uh, but it's another thing entirely for him to actually re- agree and remove the president. Um, this is all very tiring stuff. Um, it's just not going to go that way. And I think they know it, but I think they're trying to, to do it anyway. So. Uh, Elwin in the chat room says that uh, no, none of my nerdy friends are using Periscope. Uh, it's true. And also, when YouTube shows views, I've noticed the other thing that it does when it shows views, it's not showing people who watch the live stream. Those are views of the published video. 
it seems like most of y'all are watching this live when I do it, which is pretty cool, but I want to get those numbers. I want to be, I don't want to be 300. I want to be 30,000. And you know what? I keep hearing from people who people will come in and say that they love this. It's part of their morning. Now they love to watch it live. They tune in, they jump in on stuff. But people have told me that all I need to do is just do this show like this for a couple of years and then, then it will pick up. So just a couple of years, no, no big, right? Um, but basically the point is you do this and then all of a sudden something, something shakes loose. And this is what happened to several of my friends who now get tens of thousands of views on their videos. They said, Dan, no, you're doing exact, you're doing everything right. You just, uh, you just need to keep doing what you're doing and do it for long enough and it will, everyone will find it. So that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, look at this, this page here. Let me try to reload it. The page is going to show you now. Um, okay. So, uh, this article says that, uh, and this is by Lauren Fox. One day until Trump's second impeachment vote, what happens now? And then they say the next, uh, again, just give me the information. I don't need the fluff. I don't need all the like pomp and circumstance. I just need for you to give me the straight, you know what we used to call it back in the ancient times? Uh, this is the, the dumbest expression. Uh, we used to call it, the, <laughs> not, no, I'm not even going to say Pretty it. Impressive story. Not even going to say it. Um, it says, listen, listen to the writing of this. Do we need this? Just give me the information. Do we need, do we really, do we really need this? Here's how it goes. The next few days are going to be long. But by the end of Wednesday, we expect that President Donald Trump will be impeached. Don't say that. I don't want to hear any of that. Just say the House has plans to impeach Trump a second time. We'll know by Wednesday. That's the whole article. That's all I need. But no, it, it continues. The story over the upcoming days will continue to be not just what is happening on the floor, but how the Capitol and the members in it prepare for the next week as new threats and the inauguration looms. It's so true. <laughs> We need this kind of drama. We need this. The U.S. Capitol has become a fortress in Washington as Democrats keenly aware that a new president will be inaugurated in just eight days grapple with how to curtail the damage that could be done by the ongoing man in the White House. Oh, come on. Fed up with this crap. Stupid way to write up everything. Sorry. I don't mean to get angry, but it's just, just give me the information, right? Adolfo says troller is going to troll. Um, <laughs> um, this being reported by the Guardian, the Trump, Trump, the Trump has rejected responsibility for capital for the capital ride he inspired and claims his words are totally appropriate. You know, again, even with this title, this is low. This is a loaded title too, because listen to what they're doing. In in this title, I mean, it's it says Trump rejects responsibility for Capitol riot. OK, he inspired. So now they're putting their I'm not I'm not saying I disagree. I'm not saying I agree. I'm saying it's not le it's the opinion makes its way even into the title now of the article. It's not labeled as an op ed piece. It's labeled as news. So their their belief, and I just want, the only reason I point this out is people wake up, okay? Wake up to how the media influences you because they know, they know that you might not even read this article. They know you might only read the title of it. So they're trying to change your opinion. In other words, persuade you. They're trying to persuade you 
just in the title alone. You may agree with it. You may disagree with it, but you cannot deny it is persuasion. It may even be true, but it's still persuasion. And you need to look at this in every single article you read. Again, listen to, listen to this title. Trump rejects responsibility for capital riot he inspired and claims his words are totally appropriate. He may have inspired it, but that persuasion is now built into the title and they know you just read the title and won't read the article. All I'm telling you is if, if they're doing this about something that seems to be true, they are also doing it about things that might not be true. And that's part of their agenda. And like I said before, every time that I've been interviewed on anything, it, I've been misquoted about f podcasting. One dog goes one way and the other dog goes the other way. You can't ever trust what you read. You can only trust me. I'm having to reload each of these pages because of this stupid drop down. And see, I don't have on here anymore. I used to have the my audio um, soundbite for, for Texas with Pee Wee Herman in it, but um, I don't. So anyway, Trump is uh, – it says Trump will visit his border wall on the heels of deadly Capitol Hill riot. And uh, you know which, which wall he's talking about. It's the one that's right here, deep in the heart of Texas. That's right, uh, in the Alamo. So <laughs> Trump is coming to the Alamo today uh, to visit the U.S.-Mexico border to see the wall. So he'll be here. Uh, I like this pop-up on here because I, I guess there's some pop-up blocker that I'm using because I don't want to see pop-ups. So what do I get? I get a pop-up, and I have to click continue without supporting this time uh, to get to show you this article, which says New York State Bar Association moves to oust Rudy Giuliani. Have you heard about this? It says that uh, the New York State Bar Association announced on Monday yesterday that it is launching an inquiry into whether to remove former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani, President Donald Trump's personal attorney, from its ranks after the insurrection at the Capitol. Now, this is kind of interesting. Um, they're saying, of course, that the blame for the riots uh, sit with Trump, uh, but they uh, say he did not act alone. They're pointing to Giuliani's comments from the pro-Trump rally that held blocks from the Capitol just before the riot. Uh, it says Giuliani made a slew of false claims about election fraud as well as Vice President Mike Pence's role in the Electoral College vote counting process. So he may no longer be a lawyer, and we will follow up on that story in the upcoming weeks. Um, Trump adjacent? Can we... Can we say that Trump adjacent um, Keith Raniere is asking Trump for a pardon. He is the founder of the uh, Nexium, what they're calling a sex cult. Uh, and here's a, an old picture of him. If you're watching the video of that, we can take that off the screen. And uh, he says that he is serving 120 years for charges of sex trafficking, forced labor, and racketeering. But he now has a last-ditch letter to Trump, who has nine days left to grant pardons, and he's saying, please pardon me. He's accused of running a master slave group called DOS, uh, where women were starved, branded on their groins, forced into sexual acts, and made to hand over damaging collateral, like naked pictures. Uh, so if you haven't watched the Nexium uh, documentaries, there's a couple of them. I actually recommend maybe watch both of them if this is interesting to you. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a very strange and disturbing story. And um, 
Now he's asking for a pardon. Uh, so Tim Watt in the chat room says the Guardian has an agenda. That's true, but mainly gathering attention for advertisers. Um, so you know, we'll we'll have to see what happens there. I don't think that he's going to get the pardon. Um, one of the things that I asked last week during the insurrection was, what are they going to do to secure the inauguration? Because if you thought that just the day that they were certifying the elections was rough, what's the inauguration going to be like? Uh, there's an article over on NPR. Uh, it says, how inauguration day is shaping up beefed up security, limited public access. This is an article by uh, Jacqueline Diaz. And uh, with just listen, listen to the difference of how NPR tells this story. Just listen, folks. Just listen. With just eight days until President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration, law enforcement and local government officials in Washington, D.C. are implementing security measures that will make the historic transition of power look very different from those in the past. It's called the facts. And you know what? This is very well written. It's straightforward. It's factual. And I want to read this just as much as one of those other ones with the crazy headlines. And look at how they talk about this. Last week's events in which insurrectionists stormed the U.S. Capitol and pipe bombs were left at the Republican National Committee and Democratic National Committee offices in Washington have highlighted security fears for the swearing in with credible threats in the lives of Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, law enforcement officials say. Huh. So they gave us a paraphrased quote with a source. Huh. Go figure. You know what's weird? This actually seems like news. Okay. Anyway, I'll let you read the rest of this article, but I'll tell you what they're doing. Uh, there will be no public access to Capitol grounds during the inauguration. That's smart. Um, they uh, have comprehensive coordinated plans in place to ensure the safety and security of the congressional community in the upcoming presidential inauguration. Inauguration. That's what we're going to call it now. Um it, they are thinking about blocking access to public roadways, parking areas, and restrooms in the National Mall, quote, if conditions warrant to protect public safety and park resources. They're encouraging people to have a virtual celebration. So thanks to NPR for writing a clear, concise, factual news piece. I guess news still exists somewhere besides right here on this show which is the only place you need to go for all your news. Parlor. it's time to talk about Parler and uh, an Apple. I don't have an Amazon sound. Do we have anything that we could play for when we, we do Amazon from now on? Is there... Oh, it's burning more. It's getting worse. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ah. Okay, that's going to be our Amazon sound. Parler is suing Amazon, asking the court to reinstate their platform. Social media part... Par, uh, social media company Parler is suing Amazon, alleging that its suspension from Amazon's hosting service violated antitrust laws and breached the company's contractual agreement. In the lawsuit, Parler, which is especially popular among conservatives, asked a federal judge to order that the platform be reinstated online. It's an 18-page complaint, and it says that uh, AWS's decision to effectively terminate Parler's account is apparently motivated by political animus. It's also apparently uh, designed to reduce competition in the microblogging services market to the benefit of Twitter. Um, so they had a uh, law professor at the University of Southern California whose name is Eric Hovenkamp. 
Hovenkamp, who says, on the antitrust side, it's pretty weak. The biggest flaw in the complaint by far is really just that it doesn't allege facts that would indicate a conspiracy between Amazon and Twitter. And so you need to have a conspiracy to do this. Did that actually happen? I, I don't think so. I don't think Twitter is even a little bit worried about Parler. So we'll have to see what happens there. I'm going slow today. Sorry. Uh, Netflix is saying that it's promising at least one new movie every week in 2021. There's going to be at least 70 movies out on Netflix. You know, I'm getting the impression. Are you getting the impression that it's easier to do a movie than a TV show on Netflix to make an hour and a half instead of 12 or 16 hours? Right. So they're just going to keep doing movies, more movies and more movies and more movies. Uh, especially with theaters shut down probably forever. Um, you know, we've got the simultaneous, simultaneous release. Uh, sounds like fun. Um, on HBO, as well as in the movie theater. So if you want movies, I think Netflix is like, whoa, HBO is... Well, I don't I have a whoa? Don't I have that? Oh, the beginning of that one, I would have to edit it, but let's not worry about that now. Um Dune, Suicide Squad, Matrix 4. These are all coming out to uh, to HBO Max at the same time as they're going to be released in movie theaters. Um, it says here in this article on The Verge, Netflix has never released its slate of films all at once, but it hasn't had that much competition before either. Warner Media has uh, Warner Brothers and HBO Max announcements. Disney held a massive investor day in December where they announced a whole bunch of titles that are coming out. So now Netflix is doing this as well. And some have previously announced dates, but you can read the synopsis on, uh, of all of these on Netflix's site. But there are a lot. I'll just scroll through some of these in here. Uh, if you're watching, you can kind of look up. I, I mean, I haven't heard of any of these. Uh, and, and if you want to go read the summaries, you can on Netflix. But there are a lot of movies in store. And I feel like everybody has Netflix. Everyone has Netflix. But then regardless of, uh, of whether you have Netflix or not, you may have Hulu. You may have HBO Max. You may have Disney Plus. But everyone seems to have Netflix. Am I right about that? Yeah, Elwin says uh, Hoven, Hoven Camp sounds like a Dutch name. Uh, Mag says movies are easier uh, since we can't trust Netflix to keep a show going for more than two seasons. That's just what they do, Maggie. They just cancel it after two seasons. Nib, nib, <laughs> Niblibs <laughs> says I can't commit time to series. Give me more movies. Elwin says, have you seen Lupin on Netflix? It's a French series. I wonder if they released it in the U.S. too. It's a French accent. And... Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> right, we'll call the uh, we'll call it a simultaneous release. That's the after hours version of this show. Google uh, is being sued by the YouTube rival Rumble. You heard about Rumble? No. Uh, Rumble is, um, I guess, like a maybe it's conservative version of YouTube that doesn't have. Uh, maybe as many safeguards or, or stuff in place for people. And you have to remember, and this is what we've talked about here before, Twitter, YouTube, uh, place Facebook, believe that they need to police the content. Now, hang on, hang on. We need to point out that there's a little bit of a difference here. There's a difference between violation of free speech and policing content. And the line between those two, I think, has become very, very fine. And I think it's very difficult uh, 
for companies as well as individuals to know what exactly are they doing. For example, if I wanted to tell you that uh, this Lime 365 drink is actually not lime, it's cola. It's cola flavored. I could do that. It's not true, but I could do it. And if I could drink it and say, you know what? I know it says that it's lime, but it it sure does taste like Coca-Cola. I can do that. That's not a, a freedom of speech thing. And YouTube won't feel like it needs to protect you from that horrible lie, right? But if I'm saying something that's not true about, let's say, uh, elect the election or about COVID and me just saying COVID might prompt them to put a little warning. I've had that happen before. I talked about, I talked about COVID and I had something on screen that had the word COVID on it and they put up a little warning underneath there saying, you know, here's where you can get good. They didn't even see that I was just reporting a story from the, you know, the wall street journal or something about COVID. So that's how careful these sites are being right now. Uh, and they feel that they need to protect people from bad information. They feel that they need to protect people from seeing or hearing something wrong. And the reason that I believe they do that is because they understand that many people, none of you, none of you, but other people, not you, might see something and believe it without thinking about it on their own, without asking questions on their own. They might see something, they might see someone say something that's not true, and someone might just believe it. And, uh, and none of you would believe it because you're very smart. But there are people who might believe that. And so they need to protect you from it. Okay. Apparently, they're not doing that over on Rumble. So here's what we've got. Uh, this Wall Street Journal article by Sam Schneider. Video sharing site Rumble Inc. accused Google in a lawsuit of abusing the power of its search engine and mobile operating systems to boost its YouTube video service over rivals. The latest allegation of anti-competitive conduct against the Alphabet Inc. Google unit. Toronto-based Rumble, which has become popular among conservative pundits on Monday, filed an antitrust suit in federal court in California, arguing that Google is, quote, unfairly rigging its search algorithms, unquote, to place YouTube above Rumble in its search results. Rumble says Google's behavior cost it significant number of viewers and advertising dollars. So what's the story about that? Is that a thing? If Google owns Google and Google owns YouTube and Google is providing the search service, is it a violation of its power to list its own properties ahead of competitors' properties? This is interesting to me. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Uh, Blake in the chat says the line is you're only protected from the government impeding on your speech, not companies. Right. Companies are treated differently. But this is an interesting case to me. Um, If okay, so I own I own Fireside.fm, the best podcast hosting company in the whole world. And uh, um, if I wanted to have on the discover page, if I wanted to list. My show first, this show, which is hosted on Fireside, dbell.fireside.fm. Would it be okay for me to do that? Now, it's not a ranking page. It's just a discovery page. What if I just made sure that my show is always at the top? Can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? It's a private company that I own. It's not considered a utility. I, you know, I, I think so. I'm not going to, but I think I could. I don't know. What are the answers? Fact check me on this. 
Uh, speaking of like shows and stuff, what about Bridgerton? People keep telling me to watch Bridgerton. Is it is it that good? I do. I don't know if I want to watch it yet. Uh, but if you're saying that I should, if enough of you say I should, then I will. Bridgerton, uh, the they're saying that there are going to be eight seasons of this. So Maggie, what you just said about only two seasons is true. But for Bridgerton, they are going to be the outlier. Uh, Bridgerton's a big hit. I don't know what it's about. It looks like it's a period piece. Okay, here it says it's based on a set of historical romance novels by uh, Julia name. Quinn, which ran for eight books, each of which focuses on a different one of the eight Bridgerton siblings. So they're going to do all eight seasons of it. Um, uh, Sandy in the chat room says, unless you like romance novels. I mean, I watched uh, I watched Outlander and I like that. Is it like Outlander? I'll watch it if it's like Outlander. Uh, Tyler says, I call those Mr. Darcy's Playhouse. Yeah. Um, did you know that The Silence of the Lambs has a sequel coming out called Clarice? Did you know this? I just found this out. Uh, and there's a trailer for it. And I'm not going to show you the trailer here because half the time when I do that, YouTube flags it and then they have to republish the video and all that stupid stuff. So I'm not going to show this one here. Getting out of there, pop up. But it says the show will take place in 93, a year after the events of the original psychological thriller following FBI agent Clarice Starling, who returns to the field to hunt down serial killers and sexual predators. Originally played by Jodie Foster, the role of Clarice will be taken by Rebecca Breeds. Uh, and it says, without giving away too much of the show's plotline, the trailer suggests the series begins just when Clarice comes out of hiding, recuperating from the trauma of dealing with Hannibal Lecter. She continues with her investigative work with her compatriots as they unravel more cases that lead to a handful of other criminals. It's going to be a CBS show, though, starting on February 11th at 10. CBS. I wish it wasn't CBS because they can't show you anything good on CBS and they take out all of the good scenes on network television. So, as Dominic says, first principles, Clarice. Just a couple little stories for you. And Marvel Entertainment and Sony has delayed Jared Leto's Morbius once again. If you don't know about... Ooh, look at that picture. Ooh. Um, Morbius is a, uh, a what they call in Marvel world uh, a living vampire. So, as you know, most vampires are uh, dead or undead. And they, uh, Morbius is a living vampire. He Did he take some kind of potion or something like that? Did he drink a thing that transformed him so he's like a vampire in that he has to drink blood, but he's alive, he's not dead? Anyway, they're delaying this again. It was originally slated for a July release and back in 2020, but they're pushing it to 2021 because of the coronavirus um, delayed now by a total of seven months. Okay, here's what it says. It says that he was turned into a living vampire during an attempt to cure his own rare blood condition. And uh, this is the first time that Sony's Spider-Verse is connecting with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a real way. The trailer has Michael Keaton cameo as the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming and other posters and banners referencing the events between Spider-Man and Mysterio in Far From Home. So now we've got it in October is when this thing is coming out. And in other related news, Kevin Feige has confirmed that Deadpool 3 will be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's going to be awesome. Great news there. Thanks for that. Does that mean there's a small chance that Hugh Jackman will reprise Wolverine to give Deadpool what he wants? I don't know. And here's our last story of the day. 
Arcade 1UP has announced a new X-Men arcade cabinet. Uh, I remember playing this game in the arcade quite a bit. And the Pong Pub Table. Uh, so they're not showing a picture of the Pong Pug Table. Uh, pub Table here. But it sounds like it's really going to suck. Because listen to the, what the Pong Pub Table is going to have. Uh, it says that... Um, well, the, the first I'll tell you about the X-Men machine. It's You can play against other cabinet owners. Um, it'll have Captain America and the Avengers and the Avengers and Galactic Storm. Um, there's going to be a Dragon's Lair and Dragon's Lair 2 one. But the Pong pub table is, if you remember, a, you can imagine like a table at a bar. So it looks like a, a bar table, right? But you can sit around this and play video games, kind of cool, retro Atari games, kind of cool, but listen to the games that they have. Um, it's not the games I would have picked. Pong, Tempest, Warlords, and Super Breakout. Now, I do love Tempest, but why those games? Me too. I'm excited Not too. the best selection, in my opinion, but that's it. And so that's all I've got for you again I'm Dan Benjamin. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash Benjamin right there. You see that link? Go, cl go click it or just visit it. Give me a buck. Give me five bucks. I think this show's worth $5 a month for the, what is it, 20 hours or no, 10 hours of entertainment I'm giving you. I think that's fair. And also don't forget to like and subscribe. Tremendously beneficial to you. Tells YouTube that you're watching and helps them promote the show so that I can, uh, I can keep doing it for you. But that's it. That's all I've got for you today. So thanks for tuning in. And I will see you all again tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 Central. Have a good one.